is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Running and Gunning Podcast. Hope you're having a great new year, and uh, we uh, we got a great guest with us tonight. Uh, me and Logan are here with Alex Skelly of Deer Development. Um, he's a great guy. I was able to uh, to catch up with Alex at the uh, Iowa Mobile Roadshow, and um, he's a great dude to have on the podcast. He's a, a big running gun style guy, and uh, without further ado, I want to introduce him. How, how you doing tonight, Alex? Good, man. I'm great. Yourself? We're all doing good, man. Uh, it's been a busy night. Uh, we went out, got all kinds of Mexican food. I'm hoping, uh, hoping I can make it through the podcast. Right. <laughs> How are you doing, Logan? What's up with you, man? Pretty good. Um, staying busy. Um, trying to get it done here in the last few weeks of the season. I've got some some good ideas of what I want to do and where I want to attack and stuff like that. So. Still, still putting in the work. Won't give yeah, up man. until no, uh, January sixteenth. I think is the last day. So I believe so. Yeah. Well, hopefully this will uh, inspire some of our guests. Inspire you. Uh, you know, I feel like sometimes stuff like this, man. When we just talk about late season and the grind, it's like it's kind of refreshing. I know I kind of had that moment this year. Um, just listening to a podcast, it just kind of got me fired up, and like the next week it happened. So. Mm-hmm. That's really uh, what today's podcast is about, just really uh, the mindset of, of still grinding through the whole season and how things can change, you know, real fast for us. But let's get into your season, Alex. Um, when did you guys open? You you live in Minnesota, but I know you hunt Minnesota and Wisconsin, correct? Yeah, and we actually, the last couple of years, did an out-of-state trip for a week in uh, North Dakota as well. So, Yeah. Bounce, bouncing around awesome. in the Midwest right there in the North End. Yeah. Are you uh, more of like a public land guy, or do you got some private to hunt? Mm, I got a lot of private in uh, Wisconsin, and that's all permission property, knock-on-door access. And that's essentially because there is little to no public over there. You don't have that option either. I got you. You know what I mean? And what little public there is, I mean, the per hunter it's not even worth your time in my opinion i got you but then you know bouncing over to the other side of things is uh minnesota is pretty much all public i grew up in northern minnesota and that's like literally endless public big woods forest there's probably less than five percent ag up there and so i kind of the first dozen years i was hunting was all big woods and you had anywhere to go i got you Mm -hmm. Man, I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, deer development. Um, how did how did you get that started? That is that's your gig, right? Yeah, yeah. I originally did that. Um, I I like to film stuff, and before I even decided to go that route with it, um, I was filming things and always documenting my stuff in the woods. And then I realized that you know, what the heck, I could share it as well while I go along and do it. And then. Uh, funny how I called it deer development because my first intention when I decided to make that is I would do and maybe it'll you know circle around but I thought of like land management and and you know essentially consulting and through sharing more and more of it I was able to just because all my hunting is run and gun it seemed to be more of a fit and kind of ran with that to where to where we are now. That's awesome. I, I love the name, dude. <clears throat> I think 
there's you wouldn't have any issue transferring into that and just holding on to that name, really. I mean, yeah, in my opinion, I mean, yeah, for sure. I definitely like the logo too. You got a you got a nice setup, man. Yeah. It's pre- it's pretty cool. I put some thought into it. that. That uh, hey, that logo. I and mind you, the the whole feat of this is I am not very good at Photoshop, Premiere Pro, all the editing software. But I took that. That yeah. was a tine. That was an outline tine of a buck that I shot like five years ago, and I just fo- I okay. photoshopped that into a logo essentially. So, got that's awesome. Yeah, man. that's awesome. I'm pumped for the podcast. Uh, for some of our listeners, uh, you guys reached out on on Instagram. Uh, finally got some stickers. We're trying to get some swag going and stuff. So, if uh, you guys are listening to this, uh, just just holler at us on Instagram um, or Facebook. However, you're. Uh, following us and uh we'll send you out a couple stickers in the mail on free of charge i just want to uh you know get some of our loyal listeners some uh some stickers and kind of help uh you know share the brand on there but enough about that man let's get into like your whole like season how did how'd you get started what would uh would you go through i know i know it was a long grind for you yeah and like you said the season opens up not it's not kentucky early but fairly early still you know and I had a real good I had I had one pinned down that I rightfully I should have had that Wisconsin wrapped up in the first two days but uh you know it's a game of game of inches when you're playing with the bow and I had two opportunities in like the first two weeks at this ancient old buck I was trying to shoot but he got away both times and uh then it went kind of went kind of quiet, went to North Dakota, which was just, you know, totally going camping. You don't have any preconceived, you're, you're just map scouting it, you know? And, uh, we did that in like the whole scrape week this year. So I was, I was away from all the other spots that I already knew to go try to do this other trip. And, uh, one of my buddies killed there. It was, it was a good time. Uh, but going back then it, it got kind of deep into it because, uh, you know, the happenstance of the rut, right place, right time. Saw a lot of deer, but yep. nothing to shoot. Or it was too early in one situation, and it eventually led me to, you know, mid-December and 50-plus sits into it. Yeah, man. What uh, <clears throat> what were some of your takeaways from those out-of-state trips? Um, you said you were – where were you at for scrape week? Uh, North Dakota. How did that go? Uh, pretty, pretty good, man. It was, it was all just setting up essentially on what you found in the day scouting, like the whole first day. I, I kind of knew it just because of the one trip we took last year. Cause we went back to the same area and I was able to kill last year. I shot a nice buck there. And so I had an idea where I was going and it was all just off the cuff looking for sign, you know, essentially trying to set up on scrapes at that time, right? So I was scouting for that and found it, but uh, hindsight on it just set up on the situation wrong. But I was in the right place. Like up there, it's where we were at. It's thousands of acres of endless public too, and they're all, it's all big ravines and whatnot. And I was able to get on deer, but it's just, you know, manipulating the situation to get within bull range i was a little bit off in retrospect so yeah it was it was fun though trying to find yeah 
side note, what what do you run? Are you run a saddle, a stand, or I got the what's your uh, go to setup? I've never tried a saddle. I have an interest of it, but never uh, got around to doing it. I just got a point seven five the Diaquisto series, and that and just awesome. double steps. I like Sweet. It. Did did you do the uh, the new mesh seat, or did you go with uh, just the standard? 0.75 no, I just got the standard seat, the one that comes with it, the foam. Okay. I got you. I, I went with the mesh just because, like, that was the one stand I was kind of hoping to have, like, for all-day sits. Mm-hmm. And I love it, man. That thing is is pretty sweet. And I, I even did a little bit of hybrid hunting with it and just brought a, a seat pad and put that up against the tree. And it was pretty sweet. I, I had a – I love the size of that thing. I got to say, I think that's one of my favorite stands. Mm-hmm that I've run so far. Yeah, me too. I'd be, I'll probably try the mesh, but I, I don't know. It's, it's wider than the, than the platform or as wide as the platform is the only thing that, yeah. that I noticed. I don't know. I'll probably try it. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like with your, where you're at, you probably want that foam <laughs> pad and not just the, <laughs> the air underneath your, uh, <laughs> your butt while you're sitting there. Some insulation. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Exactly. Man, give us a yep. give us a breakdown of like the weather there, because I'm I'm unfamiliar with it. Maybe for some of our guys that don't live around like your region, uh, what what are what kind of like woods are you looking at there? Is it a lot of like open hardwoods or is it? It's yeah, it's completely different. It's kind of cool, and I think that's how I how I also go that far into the season. You know, in this case, you know, December and don't really get deterred is because I'm always going to different areas and changing up. Like northern Minnesota is all, it's pines and swamp and completely flat. It's swampland. It's endless swampland. But then you get like halfway down the state and it turns into rolling hardwoods. And then like the southern portion is big, like river bluffs, probably 500 feet changes in elevation. And uh, so there's a vast difference there depending on what portion of the state you're in. And I kind of, I like to hunt a little bit of both or, you know, bouncing around keeps you keeps you you know uh focused yeah what would you say like is what's your drive like do you have a long drive when you go and and hunt wisconsin no that's not so bad uh an hour or so yeah that's kind of where i'm at man like i really want to hunt indiana and i'm about 45 minutes 50 minutes away from the indiana Mm -hmm. line um I don't know. This year, I really want to, or this season, you know, 2023, I really want to start doing more out-of-state stuff. Hopefully, uh, you know, we always start off the season, me and Logan have talked about it. It's like, I would love to kill, like, a big deer early Mm -hmm. just to get the monkey off my back for here and then just jet around out-of-state. But it just doesn't work out like that for me. I don't know, especially not this year. Of course not. That'd be too easy. I know, right? Well, it's hard to pick you know, that one buck, like, I mean, or where you're at, do you, are you guys a one buck state or two? Yeah. Minnesota's one. And then Wisconsin is, you can shoot one with a gun and a bow, but I only ever bow on it. So I'm one and one there. They won't let you bow hunt during rifle. Uh, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. But I, with all the land that I'm on, the permission access I have, I'm one of the only bow hunters but all this land gets hunted during rifle. And, I mean, they cl- they oh, clean yeah. them up there during the gun yeah. season. Me and me and Logan go through the same thing mm-hmm. here. 
he he's a little fortunate. He's got some. You have like Bo only, right, Logan? Around you? Yeah. Our public, uh, the three pieces of public up around me are Bo only. Yeah. All the stuff I have that's close by me, like it's slammed. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Amish are all up in it. Oh yeah. It's uh, and and dude, like that was one thing that really messed with my head this year because I'm like, I hadn't killed you know, leading up into rifle and usually like ever since I've been, you know, here in Kentucky, I've killed before rifle comes in and it's like, Oh, it's, you know, no stress, but like that mental grind of like, Hey, uh, it's rifle season and I'm hunting with a bow and there's gunshots going off everywhere. And it's like, I don't know, man, it just weighs on you. You're like, is it going to happen? I, I don't know. I, you know, and, and you tell yourself like, I, I just need to like keep going and keep pushing and, and like things happen. But I mean, did you ever have anything like that this year with, I mean, you know, mental side of things? I mean. Yeah, well, disclaimer on that. I actually like to, because my heritage, when growing up in northern Minnesota, we had a cabin and all my family would go there and we, everybody gun hunted. Like I grew up in a family that did it that way. So I'll still go up there during the rut and hunt uh, for a while with a gun and uh, do that with all of them. But the rest of it is is pretty much all bow. But it, uh, yeah, yeah it, it does get wearing, <laughs> especially when, oh, when yeah. things are slow. But like I said, I just, you know, you you only got to get it right one time, and kind of like that optimism Amen. keeps you out there. Amen. Mm-hmm. I like that, man. I mean, did you uh, did you get film on yours? Are you, I know you're you didn't mention it, but you are filming for Whitetail Addictions uh, this year, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I actually I got reflecting on the year, going through all my footage. I got I got a good season worth of stuff documented, and I did get this one. Heck yeah! I got that kill on video too. So awesome. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Heck yeah! Well, you I wanna... look forward to seeing that. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> you uh you want to run us through what what happened what went down yeah uh so ultimately in the end because justin I've, I've already heard your story and it played out in a similar fashion but there was definitely caveats to it and that is uh so where i was hunting i'm not crazy far out of a city and there's also at that point there was about 18 inches of snow uh, maybe 20 inches of snow already. So you got a completely white canvas and I was able to, as I was walking out of a few sets while I'm scouting in December, right? Moving on all my cameras to the active trails and, uh, glassing at night. I realized walking out that with the little bit of city light I had, there was often off in the distance when I was walking out at night, I could get within like 200 yards of these deer in the fields and you could see them ahead of you, you know, just like dark brown or black on, on a white canvas. You can see it. You can depict it way easier. And I was glassing these fields walking out at night cause I was way back in there and I was walking by all these deer and <laughs> I just based upon my glassing after dark, I was able to find a certain portion of this field and it was a, it was a cover co- crop of winter rye that came in like really thick um they planted it earlier it got a bunch of water or both and uh these deer were hitting this secluded winter rye field and just from glassing right after dark in these fields i found where they were all coming out of the wood lot and 
they never knew I was there. And uh, I slid over there finally on the on the 16th. And we had the the weather played into it perfect. It was like we had at least five days of straight snow and rain holding these deer down. And then this this sixth day comes around, being the 16th, and uh, the it wasn't even sunny. It there was a little bit of you know cloud or breakthrough in the sun, but it was it just stopped raining and snowing finally. And I got out there that afternoon, and I'm not in a real high deer density area. Like I said, it's because the in my opinion is the gun hunters are so effective there they can drive every one of these little woodlots and it just ultimately keeps the deer numbers down but i saw like 10 deer that evening and that was really good for that area and four or five bucks and i just pretty much went over to the tree line where i saw these deer come out and uh found where there was a scrape there and all these tracks going in the snow i mean following the snow was huge too to see exactly where you need to be right yeah makes it that much easier yeah exactly and so I think yours, right, was a cornfield, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was just like, you could just walk <laughs> on the edge and you could just tell it was almost like a little narrow cave where they were coming up mm-hmm. out. Like, there was a couple other trails, but, uh, you know, and historical, like I had seen a lot of these deer come out of there in the past, so I just kind of had a, like a hunch, you know. I got lucky with my deer. I mean, he just showed up out of nowhere, and I was like, well, hello Heck there. Yeah you know that's that's what i mean you just got to get it right one time partially oh yeah no dude (laughs) it's it's honestly hilarious man it's just like you know because we you know how how many people like we talk to here and there and it's like they're like man just keep doing what you're doing just like you know and you're like i don't feel like i'm doing any of this right like what the hell i I mean i'm questioning everything i'm doing Mm. and then it just falls in your lap you know what i mean and i think that's like just part of hunting i've i've feel like it's always been like that whenever i've had like these late season kind of struggles i guess like where you finally connect in late season it's like man if you just throw enough shit up against the wall eventually something's gonna stick you know and however it goes and if it doesn't work out i mean i i've already kind of like had that in the back of my mind like hey look i learned a lot this year and I, I truly believe it was, like, one of those off seasons, like, this year. Just the rut was real strange. I mean, it, you know, I saw deer, but I just didn't see many mature bucks this year. I don't know for what reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, was it – did you notice anything like that? I mean, I feel like it was almost countrywide. Yeah, like, you, you told you know. my story. That's exactly how it was. And I don't – I can't pin down why that is because we had good weather here and there. I mean – I hunted yeah. all the right days, and like I said, I came close too. But, but as a whole, yeah, I didn't. It wasn't nearly as good as last year for me. Yeah, man, I wanted was, to ask you. Um, sorry, go ahead, Logan. I'm sorry. I was just gonna ask. So, was that your first sit there in that specific area? Yeah, on the 16th. Yep. Yeah, first time I've ever okay. set up in that spot. I had scouted it out, and these places I don't leave any stands on any of these people's private ground but i'll prep trees i'll go there and have all these preset you know at least trimmed out spots and uh i didn't even have that here i just because it was on the side of the field and it was like a very small point there that jetted out i just got out on the end of it and 
you know, the lanes were already kind of there. Sweet. That's sweet. I mean, did you have your uh, deer on camera, or was this just, like, uh, solely off of, like, you capitalizing on what you were seeing, you know, in the woods at the time? Yeah, I ended up going back through my camera pictures and uh, running, like, a half a dozen cell cams and and doing SD card cameras since the gun season, which was a month before this. That was, the buck that I shot was the biggest one that I had on camera in a month, and I'm... I know all okay. these guys enough that they share all their pictures with me and it's, it's all good. And I mean, they, they cleaned up the hit list with rifles this year. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, <man>. sharpshooters. <laughs> that yeah, sucks. That's just the way it goes. though. Nothing, nothing worse. Oh, I, I hear yeah. you, man. It's just like as a bow hunter and then you're like, mm-hmm. damn it. Like, you know, it's coming too. Cause yeah. it's, I, I really lucked out at, at uh, you know, a couple places I had. Like, I expected a lot of these deer to get shot, and I don't think many deer got killed at, like, the the private pieces I had at least. I know public, you know, there were people slamming them left and right. Mm-hmm. But right. How did uh, how did you get started in, like, the mobile game, man? Like, what was, uh, what was like, life for you coming up? Did your dad, um, you know, set you up with, like, ladder stands? How did you really get into this mobile game yeah so i did it i've done it ever since i was a kid but it up there it's just in a different fashion because uh there's just so much endless public land uh i guess i'll just be honest with you there's so much land you can't even understand what i mean until you saw it but i would leave these portables up there you know like river's edge portables and we would have them all over the really good spots and essentially throw a chain on them and That'd be a permanent stand for you, but we'd have we'd have so many of them out that it was the same concept. You weren't setting up the stand every time, but you're constantly rotating, literally forty, fifty portables with you know your your collective group of three guys that I'm referring to, and and eventually you get on deer. But it was always moving, still, you know, mobile fashion. Yeah. Did you guys, and how long ago was this? Like when you were younger? Yeah, or? I mean, no, it's, that's, that's a, that's, this is like going that's on a, now. That's a heritage that's, that <laughs> okay. has been and still is. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. man. We have a lot of that here. Have you noticed that, Logan? Like where you're at? Like we have so many pre hung sets on public. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it drives you me should, nuts. You should see my Onyx. I mean, it's, I, oh, I yeah. always mark them with a, with a black ladder stand and it's just they're, mm-hmm. they're covered i mean literally covered because i i've been to basically every inch of all three pieces of public and so i've seen every tree right <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm telling you though man it's uh because in the southern portion of the state when you get to the southern half like i said the public land there's way way less in the southern half of minnesota you know, the northern part is almost endless. You get halfway down and down, it turns into the farm country, and that's all. There's a fraction of the public. And when I hunt anywhere down there or over in Wisconsin, yeah, that's that's how it is. Yeah. I would never do that on a 1,000 acres, but up there you have. To put this in perspective, my cabin on this dirt road, if you went straight north, you would not hit another dirt road for six and a half miles 
that's six and a half miles okay. of public land. So, so you're hunting deer that like don't even really see people hardly. In a lot of cases, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you notice? Do you feel like it's more challenging to hunt those deer, or like maybe it's a little easier than like some of the pressure? Oh no, man, it's way. In in my opinion, it's, it's, way, it's harder. way harder. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just pick up on you that much easier. Mm-hmm. Well, they can just hide. They have anywhere to hide. They can go anywhere. Yeah. You know. You get into the yeah. farm country and you got 40 acre woodlots. I mean, you're, or, you know, even in your case, like you said, a couple thousand acres of public, like a lot of the southern half of Minnesota is or North Dakota there, you're eventually, yeah. you know, in a day's walk and you're going to run into something. Right. Yeah, it's, it's really similar around here, man. I really struggle with like consistent bedding. And uh, like, I, I know where some of the does bed and like, but I feel like I really have a hard time pinpointing where some of these bucks bed in like the farm country. Um, I feel like they change up what they do a lot. I, maybe it's just me and I haven't really caught on, you know, like, like I said, I've only been hunting here for, this is my third season. So I feel like I'm still learning. Like I have a bit of a curve there, but mm-hmm. it's, it's just harder for me. I feel like, you know, I mean, and I'm not just running bait piles and stuff like that. So I feel like that kind of helps some of the guys like pattern more deer. Um, scrapes have been great. I mean, is that what you primarily do, uh, where you're at? Do you, is it a baiting area or you do? No, I've never hunted while well, I've hunted bait States like North Dakota is on private, but I've never hunted any sort of bait. I've never even, I've never baited anything. I gotcha. But, uh, yeah, yeah. it's all like, either finding primaries or or making your own with the yeah. with the grapevine yeah mm-hmm. yeah i really like it a lot man uh, i feel like scrape hunting has been a, a lot of fun the past like couple years i'm getting a lot better at it i feel like consistency is kind of coming every year i feel like i'm getting better and better at it and now like this season it was pretty cool to to get almost every deer on the farm on a couple of these scrapes, like in, you know, the mock scrapes I was making. Mm -hmm. I, uh, before we started recording, you touched on like your outlook on the season and how you stayed in the game until, you know, December 16th. Um, and we touched on it a little bit, um, but I really wanted you to go in depth with what your, um, thoughts were and how you, I guess, stayed in the woods, um, for, you know, how, whatever it was, three months, basically (laughs) from September 15th to December 16th, you know? So, yeah, right. Um, I don't know. I think that for what I have, at least how I can say it personally played out for me, um, is once you build up all these years of hunting and I'm sure both, like I said, both you guys are probably know what I mean is, you get all these situations that play out and you can you can remember things of the past how before it was never going right and then all of a sudden I figured out these two things set up here and killed one and it was you know a party well you know you, <laughs> you got to you got to just remember that and and the perseverance of it and keep keep moving around and you only got to get it right one time i just when I was younger, I would definitely get deterred for sure. If I don't see deer in a couple of days and, and I think I was running out of time or whatever, I would definitely get deterred. But, uh, fortunately with my work schedule, I can adjust things around to where 
Um, I have more free time in November or that time of the year, so it's uh, it's nice in that fashion. I just know that if I keep after it, odds will eventually fall in my favor, and I just I, I honestly get to the point where I don't really get deterred. Unless, I mean, you can have some real bad luck and be like, are you serious? Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that sucks. Yeah. Time to time to take a day and go do something else. Or, I yeah, mean, yeah. That's that's kind of what happened for me this year, man. I and I had to like just take a little break, and I, luckily I was able to take a younger hunter, and I got him a deer, and that kind of lit the fire back in me. It's like you know, sometimes it's good to just detach. I feel like they can really piss you off sometimes. Mm-hmm. We love it and we hate it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a love. It's a it's an abusive relationship we have with these whitetails. Right. I'll say. <laughs> Man, I uh, I wanted to ask, uh, what is what do you actually what do you do for for work? I know I meant to ask you that earlier in the podcast. Oh yeah, you kind of touched. So on I that. live outside. I'm like on the far end of the suburbs of the Twin Cities, which is, you know, the the capital and high population. I'm a ways out from that in the suburbs, but I sell residential real estate. Oh cool. Yeah. Did you ever think about turning that into like? whitetail properties kind of stuff and like <laughs> set the end goal? Uh, maybe not the end goal but i would definitely transition into it i have some i actually have some yeah. of the deals like that going on in wisconsin right now just off relationships built through deer hunting seriously just because i knock right. on enough doors no, that's awesome to get to get access to hunt anyway you uh get to know some Heck people yeah man I honestly thought about getting into to that kind of stuff eventually. I would love to kind of be do like either consulting or, you know, eventually get into just maybe flipping properties, kind of just buy a place, fix it up for whitetails and sell it and then just upgrade. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Start off with a small farm and then just build it up. So, yeah, that's the dream. Like a pyramid. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of our buddies are all like about public – I really don't care. I just want to hunt where a big ass deer's at, you know, whether he's on public or he's on private. I just, that's my goal with the end of the year. It's like, Hey, where's your big deer at? And can mm-hmm. I get after him? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'll have right. a farm one day, but in the meantime, <laughs> it's, it's public and knock on door yeah. grinding. Hell yeah, <laughs> man. There's nothing wrong with that. However you can yeah, get you it. Got, you got to earn your soul. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Being in real estate, um, how long have you been doing that? Uh, just two years, just around in two years. Okay. Here. Yeah, but my that's cool. I mean, yeah, so. my dad's a realtor. He, he was been in real estate like twenty five years in northern Minnesota, so I kind of grew up versed in it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Is that? I mean, you can kind of be a lot more flexed with your schedule for hunting and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's really fortunate because how the seasonality of it up here is. A lot of people don't want to move come fall into winter. Yeah. And I mean, that works out right. perfect for me because I can grind January through September and, uh, exactly. You know, backpedal a little bit. Stack your exactly paper up. Backpedal in the fall. Yep. Yep. Nothing yep. wrong with that, man. Well, dude, it's been awesome having you on here. I wanted to ask you one of our uh, one of our favorite questions we have is, what is one thing you would say separates you from a lot of the other guys out there? 
what do you mean by other guys? Well, I, okay. Like what is one thing you would say that has separated you, that it's accelerated you to where you're at in, uh, you know, your whitetail career right now? Cause I so mean, versus, you know, versus the other guys that aren't consistently killing, you know, they're maybe a buck every five, seven years, something like that versus, you know, every year type of a thing. Mm, I don't think there is a, a silver line or a silver bullet to that. Unfortunately, you guys know that it's, it's a grind. I think about it all year long and I, yeah. I intentionally oh, do things all year long to find success, you know, every fall. And I don't think there's necessarily a workaround for that. Once you, once you, go through the I've been what do I have that the other guy doesn't have that that doesn't find as much success I would just say probably time in the woods I when I was a kid I was doing yeah. that I was going out in the middle of nowhere and I I really enjoyed this once since I could legally hunt when I was 12 I was I would uh put it to this way I would not miss any high school days throughout all my you know younger years I would not miss any school just so I could miss the maximum amount you could miss in a year without failing the school year you could miss 11 days you can miss 11 days and I would not have any sick days from school so I could deer hunt for all 11 days <laughs> when I was in high school so basically in a nutshell you're telling us that you've dedicated your life to oh whitetail my gosh that's <laughs> Your adult life, you, pretty much, uh, right? I don't know. <laughs> yes, that sounds that sounds kind of sad in a way, okay. but uh, it's my well, it's my hobby. Dude, I mean, hey, yeah, it is, it is. It's it's That's, a it's yeah. a obsession. No, you're a, I mean. you're accurate though. I mean, yeah. Would you call it an addiction? Yeah, what? Yeah, white tail <laughs> addictions or some something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like we're all dude. That's what it, that's what's so cool with like being you know once you get on on that crew or like just even just hanging around, like we all share the same bond. Like we all share the same you know passion for this stuff, and it's like it was just so easy. Me and Alex were just like talking and spitball and stuff, and it's it's so weird because I feel like you know like we're we're all great hunters, and it's like you kind of get to this point where you're like, you know, we all think kind of like the same on a lot of different levels, but all of us have different things that work for us, you know, versus some, we've all found our niche. And I guess like for me, that's one thing that I really enjoy with talking to people like you, man. It's like, I really like to try and, you know, see what makes some of, of our more successful hunters tick. And that's kind of the, the biggest thing when I have guests on here, I really want to, you know, we want to try to, see so our listeners maybe can pick up something that's different that they may not have heard or you know i didn't mean to like put you on the spot with like you know <laughs> a, a, a odd no, question like that, I, but it's kind know, of a cool i understand what you're getting at yeah but yeah it's just yeah. I, yeah I like your i like your takeaway i mean that doing something intentionally all year round to move yourself forward and, and put yourself ahead i like mm -hmm. i like that yeah yeah it's uh you know you because yeah, that's what it, it takes. really is and and it in the years of continually doing it all eventually you make enough mistakes and as long as you reflect on your mistakes and and you know anticipate to correct that in the future it's you know you figure you figure things out eventually 
Oh, mm-hmm. for sure, man. Fail to succeed. I've, that's what I try to tell all my younger friends that, you know, like kind of ask you, oh, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Dude, just go do it. Like, stop asking questions. Like, I mean, to an extent, like, that's cool to ask, you know, your buddies or something, but it's like, you just got to fail. Like, you got to mess up and make mistakes, and you'll learn from them more than me telling you this or that, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I don't know. That's that's really my biggest takeaway. It's like, I wasn't afraid to do crazy stuff and mess up, and, you know, you learn real quick. You know, okay, maybe I shouldn't have stepped in that far. Like, and even if you do, it's not the end of the world. I think that's one of the cool things with, you know, the style of hunting that we do. You can mess up one day and still go hunt the same area, but, you know, you're not in the mm-hmm. same spot. And I feel like that's that's the coolest thing to me about, like, just mobile hunting is you can just keep making mistakes and eventually it comes together. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Well, dude, how can, uh, how can any of our listeners get in touch with you or, uh, you know, follow you uh, on Instagram? What's your... Yeah, yeah, essentially it's the easiest way to get a hold of me would be Instagram and that's uh yeah, deer okay. underscore development all spelled out and uh you can find links from there. For sure. Well, I'm going to tag you in this anyway, but just for some of our listeners. Um Alex, it was great having you, man. I really appreciate you giving us the time and uh coming on here this evening. And uh, look forward to keeping up with you, man. We'd love to have you back on eventually and uh, do yeah, this sure again. Thing. Thanks for the invite. All right, guys. Well, we will catch up with you next week. Uh, appreciate you all tuning in. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. We really appreciate you all and all the support we've had over the past year. Uh, really looking forward to this season and um, bringing in a lot more guests and a lot more quality content for you guys to enjoy and learn and grow from. I want to give a huge thanks to our sponsor, Lone Wolf Custom Gear. Uh, if you guys uh, follow them, you'll notice uh, they're starting to release some of the dates for the Mobile Hunter Roadshow, and uh, I hope you guys can attend some of them. It's an awesome, awesome place to learn and get to test some of this gear out. I know uh, they're going to be attending the Great American Outdoor Show at Harrisburg, Pennsylvania here soon uh, in early February. I'll be there for a few days. It'd be great to meet some of you guys. Uh, You know, if you want to come swing by the Lone Wolf booth, I'll be there. I'm going to end today's segment with a quote from Tyson Fury. I really like this, and I think it's a great way to, to start the year. He says, nothing is really ours in our life. We only borrow it, and when we die, it all goes. The only thing we truly own in our life is moments in time, and this is your time. I couldn't agree more with that, honestly. uh, You know, if there's stuff that you guys are trying to do, whether it be in the outdoor industry or just, you know, just grow your life in general, um, this is the time. You know, it's it's a new year, and uh, I hope that hope that you guys uh, are enjoying what we're doing with the podcast and looking forward to. putting out some great content for you all and i can't thank you all enough happy new year to you all and uh look forward to catching up with you all next week